You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number nine. Hi, everyone. It's a beautiful, sunny day today, and I'm so excited to have you here with me on the podcast. I feel like we're becoming friends. Even though I can't see you, I can feel you out there. Wait a minute. Does that sound kind of weird? I think it really does. Anyway, I'm excited to be here and hope that you are too, um, because today I'd like to thank you for joining me on the podcast to discuss a topic that I think is super interesting, and I experience it every day at my hospital, and I imagine that a lot of you do too. The subject that I want to talk about today is one of my favorite things, drama. I'm calling this podcast Save the Drama for Your Mama or Your Llama or Leadership in the Face of Drama. I'm not exactly sure what the name's going to be, but the basic gist of it is dramatic things that we experience in our practice and why the drama? Why do we create it? So I'm guessing most of you have this in your workplace. And I have to admit that I love a little drama. In fact, sometimes I'm the one that is the main creator of the drama in my practice. Um, I I talked about the DISC personality system a few podcasts ago, and um, I on the DISC system am a DI personality. And when I'm feeling relaxed and happy, I am higher I, which is the influencer. And we are the people that are super chatty and um, we love to talk, complain. There's a really short distance between our brain and our mouth. So sometimes we say things before we think about them. um, And that's certainly me. And I'm also a D, which makes me not afraid to say the things that I think. So it's kind of a lethal combination. But um, I think that's why I feel like I enjoy drama. Um, The other reason I think I enjoy a little bit of drama is I am a problem solver. I I love a challenge and I love a problem. So having drama in the practice or drama that I'm creating in my brain allows me to solve problems. And I love that. I hate to see my veterinary team frustrated and stressed out. So sometimes the drama feels unnecessary and too much. And I don't want them to be stressed out about particularly things that we can't control. Because that's oftentimes why we create drama, is we're feeling out of control, we're feeling stress, or we're feeling um, overwhelmed by the business of the day or something like that. And then our brain throws us into drama mode. And in my practice, we have our fair number of drama queens. And 
they all know who they are. And um, they also know that I am one of them. So, you know, in when you have a, a practice and you have a variety of personality styles, you're bound to have at least a few people that like to create drama. So that's why I want to talk about that today, because I think it's something that if we recognize it when it's happening in ourselves or in our fellow um, workers or employees or team members, if we recognize it, that we're going down that drama road, I think that we can figure out how to stop it in its tracks or at least recognize it so we can put a name on it and work our way around it so it doesn't ruin our day and it doesn't carry over into our evening and it doesn't come across to our clients. And because if we're feeling stressed and creating all this drama in our brain, um, our clients are going to notice it because we're not going to be fully present to hear them and take care of them. And our fellow team members that we work with are going to have to absorb that negative dramatic energy. And especially those people that are not dramatic, the people that are very calm, your high S people that are just wanting to make everybody happy, it's really going to stress them out because they don't like it and they don't know how to fix it. And so it creates extra stress for those people and they won't tell you. They'll hide it and they'll suck it up and absorb it. And then they'll go home and have a really terrible night after you've exploded all your drama and you're over it, um, but they're affected by it um, for days and sometimes weeks to come. So I do like drama, but mostly because I think of the problem-solving opportunities that it provides. So let's talk a little bit about why drama happens. And the example that I came up with is Mondays at a veterinary hospital. Now, I work at a general practice, and so we are not open on Sundays. In fact, we close at one o'clock on Saturday. So there's a day and a half between when the hospital doors close and then the hospital doors open again Monday morning. And so at my hospital, Monday morning usually means there's going to be some sort of drama. And that's because we have so many clients that have either waited over the weekend, waiting for us to open so they could get their pet in. Possibly it's been sick for days or maybe even a week. Um, and they didn't want to go to the emergency clinic over the weekend because they didn't want to spend money. So all of a sudden, Monday morning hits, and we are kind of swamped with all the phone calls, all the people wanting their drugs refilled. There's just a lot going on at our veterinary hospital on Monday. So I think of that as drama day. Now, because it's the busiest day of our week, we have a tendency to kind of get stressed out or feel dramatic before we even walk in the door. And some of my teammates um, have a tendency to do that. They look at the books um, first thing in the morning when they get there and see all these clients booked in and especially all the medical ones that have waited over the weekend. And they automatically create drama in their mind about what could happen or what would happen. Um, the other thing about Mondays at our hospital is we have our heaviest team that day. We have four doctors on the floor, plus myself, 
Um, on Mondays, I don't usually see clients except for sometimes special circumstances. But so there's five doctors there, lots of technicians, almost all our technicians work on Monday. And there's just a lot. You know, we have boarders getting picked up that were there over the weekend. So our animal assistants are super busy. There's just a lot to do. And one of our doctors has surgery on Mondays. So Mondays are generally our busiest days and therefore oftentimes our most dramatic days. So for example, um, a few weeks ago, we had a packed schedule like normal. You know, we really always have a packed schedule on Monday. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not on the floor. I'm usually there doing paperwork, paying bills, working with the manager, you know, having meetings, things like that, writing up records that I missed out on writing up over the weekend, whatever. But I'm there just to kind of be a backup and get some things done. So what usually happens is somebody will call on a Monday with a sick bird. And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, at my practice, I'm the only bird vet. So when a bird person calls, frequently I have to step in and do something or else these people have to go to the emergency clinics, which of course most people don't want to do. So when one of my receptionists gets a call for a bird client and they'll They'll usually, when the client calls, they'll say, yeah, Dr. Capel isn't seeing clients today, but if the client insists that this is an emergency or the bird is really sick and needs to be seen, then my lovely receptionist will politely come to me and ask me if I will see Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so's bird. So when this happens, especially if it's a really banging day and I have a lot of stuff to do and I have a a big to-do list for Monday of paperwork that I want to get done. And the receptionist walks up to me in the middle of some other chaos that I'm handling and says, you know, this bird person with this bird needs to come in today. You know, can you see them? Well, the first thing that I want to do is create drama. I want to create stress around the situation. My brain immediately goes to, oh my gosh, here we go. I'm never going to get my paperwork done. What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's that's where my brain wants to go. And that's where it does go a lot of the times before I can rein it in. I'll, you know, I'll either huff or I'll say, oh, are you kidding me? You know, I, I have a lot to do today. How am I going to make this happen? You know, and, and I'll basically the stuff that I'm thinking will oftentimes come out of my mouth. And it's not really fair. You know, my receptionist is just doing their job and trying to help somebody. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this, blah, blah, blah. So if I can recognize that before it comes out of my mouth, um, because it'll come into my brain for sure. Absolutely. But if I can, you know, think about it and go, all right, this is just Monday. It's life. I know this is going to happen almost every Monday. And if I if it doesn't happen, I'm lucky. Why do I all of a sudden want to create drama about it? You know, I'm here. I got plenty of time because I don't have any clients scheduled. Paperwork is paperwork. It's not life and death. So why does my brain or why do our brains want to create this terrible drama? So that's my first example because that happens to me super frequently. Um, Another example of drama that we create in our veterinary hospitals would be um, having 
strong opinions about what a client's decisions are. And an example of that would be uh, something I experienced yesterday. And this was another bird client. Um, And yesterday wasn't Monday, so I didn't have drama about them scheduling the appointment. But it was an emergency bird appointment that came in with these clients. And this little green cheek conure was, um, you know, quote unquote, only sick for a day or two, which may have been true, um, but probably wasn't. It had probably been sick a little bit longer than that. Um, But this poor bird came in sitting on the perch, but just barely with his eyes mostly closed. Um, And you know when that happens in a bird, it's trouble. And he was breathing with his mouth open, like really struggling to breathe. And so I knew as soon as I saw him that this wasn't going to be good. Um, And then layer on top of that, that I had an owner that didn't speak English that had to bring his aunt with him to translate. And so it was a little bit of a difficult situation. And... um, but it, but it went relatively well. I was able to, you know, briefly examine the bird, figure out what was going on. It had fluid in its abdomen. I was able to tap the abdomen, get some fluid off, make the bird feel better for a little while because I got some of the fluid off. But then the frustrating part came in because I got the bird stabilized, got it in oxygen, put it on some heat, got, you know, about five cc's of fluid out of its tiny little belly. And so it was breathing better. But then I had to explain to the owner what was going on and what we needed to do about it. So I created a treatment plan so they would know what we were talking about financially, which in my mind wasn't a huge treatment plan for what we wanted to do. But I basically wanted to keep the bird for the day, do some cytology on the fluid and try to figure out what was going on because this bird was really, really sick and needed some um, intervention or it was for sure going to die. And maybe even if it had intervention is going to die, but it, but it's serious. So I created a treatment plan, went and talked to the owners. And so here comes the frustrating part. We went over the treatment plan, told them what I wanted to do, just keep the bird for the few hours so I could look at the cytology, try to figure out what was going on and give them a better idea of how this bird might do or what the cause of the situation was. And right away, the client said, nope, too much money. So they just said, give me some medicine. I'm going to take him home. Well, I knew that, quote unquote, medicine, um, no matter what I did, I was just guessing at that point, was going to help this little bird. It needed something. It needed oxygen. It needed some um, serious diagnostics done. It probably needed different medication that I was just going to throw at it. But so it was frustrating. And fortunately, I was able to, you know, just take a deep breath and realize, okay, this is what they can afford. This is what they can do. At least I got some fluid off the bird so he can breathe a little bit better now. And I just have to go with it. You know, these clients are doing the best they can do. And I had to go to that mental space. I mean, usually when we have these kind of situations, we get all upset and, oh my gosh, this bird's going to die. And what are they thinking? And, you know, this isn't fair and it's just money, you know, or whatever whatever we're thinking um, that causes the drama in our head and, and gets us frustrated and, and um, makes us think that we're not doing a good job and um, how do we get around this and, you know, all these things that our brain 
throws at us to cause us to feel stressed. But that is just all background noise in our brains and all drama in my mind. Um, What I needed to do in this instance was to realize that this was the best I was going to get from these clients. They wanted to take this bird home. And so my job at this point was to guess which medications might help guess what I thought was wrong with this bird because I obviously wasn't going to be able to find out and then explain to them what probably was going to happen, which was this bird probably isn't going to do well and may die and do that in a kind way, in a compassionate way. So they were prepared and they also didn't feel guilt over the fact that they couldn't do the best for this pet. Um, And so that's what I did. I guessed on a couple of meds that I thought might help. I talked to them about keeping them warm and keeping them quiet and having food available and, and explained to them that, you know, we, since we don't know what's going on, I can't tell them what's going to happen. But whatever this disease process was in this bird was a bad one and that it could potentially pass. And um, I think they understood and I think they were okay with the, the plan that we came up with. And so hopefully the bird will do well and all will be fine. Um, But, you know, that's part of our job and and that's what we do. So we have to be okay with that. I was working with a coaching client a few weeks ago and we were talking about something similar to this because she was feeling um, overwhelmed and and stressed and, and really burned out around these kind of situations where a pet would come in and we would tell the client what was best for that pet, even if it was euthanasia. Um, And we would try to explain and the people would make a different decision. And as a veterinarian, decisions that we think are either um, downright wrong um, or just frustrated because the client doesn't have the money to do what we want to do, or we think the client may be putting this pet through undue suffering. And So when I was talking to this client about this, you know, I said, I really think it's our job not to judge these decisions that these people are making. I think that that's the drama in our brain, our brain kicking up drama around the client's decision and the helplessness that we feel about some of these decisions that people make, because sometimes we really do feel helpless because we can't do what we think is the right thing for the pet. But I explained to this um, veterinarian that I was working with that, you know, really, maybe it really isn't our job to judge the decisions that these people make. Maybe it's just our job to explain things the way we see them and love on these people and give them the best understanding and tools that we can around whatever decision it is they're going to make. Because a lot of these decisions that people make, we don't know their whole personal story. And so I said to this veterinarian, I said, what if these people, you know, had just been through cancer with one of their um, family members and watched somebody suffer through cancer treatment or, um, you know, unfortunately, maybe somebody in their family passed and they had to watch this person die, or maybe somebody died and these people didn't get to be there and they're feeling guilt around that. And maybe this pet is the decision that they're making around the pet is a result of 
things that they've been through in the past. And maybe they're making a decision to take an ill pet home to die naturally and they don't want euthanasia because that's the way they experienced their family member's death at home um, naturally, quote unquote. Um, And here we're thinking, oh, they want this pet to suffer. They don't want it to feel good. Well, maybe that's not the case. Maybe they have a different reason for making the decisions they're making. Maybe it's financial. Maybe they're in a lot of debt. And there's so many things that us as human beings go through. And all of those things go into our decision-making process. So as veterinarians, it's not our job to make the decisions for the clients, but it is our job to explain their options. And then once they make a decision, whether we agree with it or not, our job is to be compassionate and try to keep the drama out of it. Keep the drama out of our head keep the drama from affecting our communications with the owner if we're if we have a strong opinion about the decision that they're making or we don't necessarily like the decision that they're making that really isn't on us it's our job to support and basically in I, it's a, I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. I was going to say enjoy, but that that's really not a good word um, to describe this situation. Maybe we just need to be there and we just need to be open, open-minded and non-dramatic. Maybe we need to open up space in our thinking for people's decisions, whether it's something that we would do or not they get to decide because it's their pet, it's their family member. And oftentimes, if they're making a decision that we think is wrong, oftentimes that decision is coming from love for that pet. And we don't always think that way. We always think that, you know, or oftentimes think that those decisions aren't made around love, that they're made for some other reason, you know, like they don't care or, you know, that's where our dramatic brain wants to go. So those are some examples of how we like to create drama in our everyday life. So, so why do we do it? Why do we, why do we do this to ourselves? I think that sometimes the, the mental drama that we create feels necessary to us. It's kind of a defense mechanism. Um, It feels like something that we're supposed to do, loudly complaining and stomping around and, you know, letting it all out or whatever it is that we do. Um, It feels warranted. It feels like when difficult things happen, we should talk about it. We should spew it. Um, And I think our brain does that to us. I think that's our first instinct, especially people like me that are high eye and, you know, we don't have a really good filter we just are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this, bop, bop, bop. you know, right away. That's what we want to do. Um, I think what we, our brain would really like us to have is just a really quiet, orderly, structured day where every client comes in on time, every case goes perfectly, every client lets us do whatever we want. We think, or our brain thinks, that everything should be orderly. It expects things to go quiet and unchallenged, and that's what our brain likes. It doesn't like to feel challenged or pushed. Um, That's why we feel the need to create drama. Um, If we are pushed and 
We have to make decisions quickly. I think our brain causes us to feel overwhelmed, especially if we have multiple decisions to make in a short period of time. We want to run and hide. It's kind of a, you know, fight or flight mechanism that our brain goes into is like, oh my gosh, I can't handle one more question. I can't handle one more thing. Um, I think it's wired in us. I think it it's the way that our brain likes to be. And because of that mental drama that we're creating, we start to feel that stress creeping up and that feeling of over of being overwhelmed. And those are just emotions. The stress, the overwhelmed is an emotion that we're creating by the drama thoughts that we're making. So those the stress and overwhelm don't really have a purpose. They feel like they have a purpose. They feel like they're caused by the events that are going on around us, but they're really not. They're caused by those dramatic thoughts that we're creating. So we feel that that we're stressed, but it's really our brain not wanting to make a decision. Our brain trying to avoid the decisions that we want to make. So when someone's um, presenting all these choices to us, we have these emotional reactions or these dramatic meltdowns. And it helps us to not face those choices. It, it gives us a little bit of time to try to process it. And I know when I'm starting to act dramatic, a lot of times it's short-lived because I'll be, you know, I'll spew a couple of dramatic thoughts and then all of a sudden I'll be able to rein it back in and be like, all right, this isn't that big of a deal. You know, nobody's dying here. Nobody's... Um, you know, going to lose their job and um, nobody's going to get in trouble. We just have to figure out what the best solution is. So as a leader, what you can do to lead your team through this drama and come out with a more peaceful work environment is to try to realize that what's going to happen in that day. Realize that Mondays are going to be crazy days. I mean, that's something that we can go into the workday on Monday thinking, all right, today's going to be crazy, but I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to see it as a challenge. And if I start to see some drama happening, I'm going to be the calming force. I am going to manage my thoughts so I can help my team members manage their thoughts and manage their stress and their overwhelm. Because if it's Monday, we want to be busy. Why shouldn't we be busy? It's Monday. Mondays are always swamped. We've been closed for a couple of days. All, all of our clients, they only want to see us. They're excited to see us. It's normal. Why get upset? Why complain? Stressing out serves no purpose. So if you can start your day off with those kind of thoughts, the minute you walk in the door, you are going to be a better in a better frame of mind. So when your clients start to create drama or your team members start to create drama, drama or your receptionist comes up to you and asks you to do something that you really didn't plan on doing today, you can just expect it. And instead of your brain going to drama right away, you're not going to get upset. You're just going to say, oh, yeah, it's Monday. That's what I expected. All right, here we go. Let's buckle down and get this done. If your brain is avoiding decision making, you can also push it into quicker decision making. 
if you can learn to trust your gut and basically go with the first thing that comes to your mind rather than the drama thoughts, but go to the decision-making thoughts or the solution thoughts, you're going to have an easier time jumping over the drama and getting to the decision that you're supposed to make. So let's say one of my receptionists comes up to me and says, I know it's your paperwork day, Dr. Capel, but can you see Mrs. So-and-so's bird because it's sick, blah, 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 blah. By the time she gets to the end of her sentence, my brain is already thinking, all right, make a choice. Yes or no. Are you going to see the bird or are you not? And so instead of going, oh my gosh, I can't get my paperwork done or whatever it is that my brain wants me to say, I'm already preemptively saying, yes, I'll see the bird, have them come in anytime, no problem, no complaining, no drama. And I'm going to say yes anyway. I know that. I am not the type of person that will turn away a client, especially if I'm there and I have the time to see them. So why do I complain? Why do I create drama? So if I can preempt my brain going into the day to know that these things are going to happen and realize that if I make a quick decision, yes or no, then there's going to be less drama. So limit the options, yes or no. Make a quick decision. Train your brain to avoid the drama. And if you start to think those dramatic thoughts or those overwhelmed thoughts, remember that they're just thoughts and you can control them you will ultimately save so much time and so much energy and so much angst and negativity if you can just feel those dramatic thoughts coming in and then choose to change them into a decision. We need to remember that when we sit around and say, oh, I'm so stressed out, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so... I don't know, whatever you, whatever your word is that you express, I'm burned out, whatever those words are that you use. When you say that, it's just your brain trying to defend itself against stress and against overwhelm and against um, burnout. And so if, if you're saying it, recognize that as just something that your brain is doing and you don't need to be in that space. You can choose to have a better thought. You can choose to say, hey, it's Monday. It's going to be crazy. I know it. I love crazy Mondays. Look at how much we're going to get done. Look at how much money we're going to make. Look how many pets I'm going to save today. Whatever the thought is that gives you power and gives you energy and gets you over that drama, those are the thoughts that you want to feed to yourself. Those are the thoughts that you want to encourage and embrace as they come to your brain. Think about why you're creating the drama. Why am I creating drama? And when you do, realize that it is just a defense mechanism. And what you really want to do is create solutions and create joy and create energy because that will allow your team to follow you. To If you're an energetic leader and you're not spewing negativity and you're like, okay, I know it's busy, but here, let's all help each other. Let's do this. Let's do that. And you, you have that attitude of energy rather than drama. You're going to have so much better of a workplace 
And if you can give encouraging words to the drama around you, you will be able to pick those people up and get them out of the drama. So the next time you feel drama or you start to create drama or you see someone in your practice creating drama or spewing negativity or stomping around and complaining that our job is so stressful or whatever it is that you know is causing the drama around you, think about the fact that you are creating the drama, you're creating the stress and the feelings of overwhelm, you're, you're making yourself feel overwhelmed. Your thoughts are creating those feelings. So remember that and try to, as a leader, get your mind in the right place beforehand, before the busy day starts, so you can encourage your team or get your team to the point where they will see that if Dr. Capel doesn't get overwhelmed and stressed and dramatic around the day, then perhaps we don't need to. The day is going to come to an end. On Mondays, we close at 7. And so somewhere around 7, we are going to be done. It's not going to last forever. It's not going to be a month. Monday only lasts 24 hours. And I've never been at work for 24 hours in all the years that I've worked. So if you can get your brain in a healthy place before you start in on a busy day or when you look at the schedule and it looks crazy and overwhelming, if you can sit down for a second and realize that if your brain starts to create drama, it's just your thoughts that are making you feel stressed out and making you feel overwhelmed and you can create better thoughts around that day, like, oh, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be fun. We're going to get a lot done. We're going to make some money today. We're going to all take a break at lunch and eat together or whatever it is that you can change those, those thoughts to, to get rid of the drama in your mind. You are going to create better feelings in your practice. And if you can set that example as a leader for your team, then your team's going to start to feel better and they're going to become less dramatic. And the other thing that I sometimes do, and this doesn't always work, but it oftentimes does, is if somebody's creating a whole bunch of drama, I, I'll sometimes call them out on it. I'll be like, man, aren't we being dramatic today? What's with the drama today? How come we're all such drama queens? You know, and if we can make a joke around it, and then change those thoughts into, all right, let's all help each other get through this day and get this these things done, then we are going to go a long way to mitigate the amount of stress and burnout that we go through in this uh, veterinary field of ours. So enjoy drama um, when you see it. Get a little chuckle out of it because realizing that our brain's just doing it to protect us. Um, if you can realize that and if you can recognize that, it's really going to help you um, navigate around it and not let it drown you or affect you. And it's also going to help you change it, change the feelings around it and the thoughts around it. So try not to get stressed out. Try not to get overwhelmed. And remember that even on a really, really busy, crazy day, it will come to an end and it will be very successful because even if bad things happen, if you look back throughout your day, most of the things that happen are going to be good. Most of the people that leave your hospital are going to be super happy and feel super loved by you and your team. 
So try to remain positive out there, my friends. And I hope some of this discussion on drama was helpful. And um, I hope you enjoy the drama at your practice some days as much as I do, because um, if it's all in the way you look at it. So thanks so much for listening to me today. If you like the things we're talking about on the podcast, or you have suggestions about things that we should talk about, or questions for me, um, you can find me on uh, my Facebook page that has my blog. It's called The Veterinary Life with Julie Capel. Um, you can also leave me a message um, on my website or send me an email. Um, that stuff's all on my website as well. Or if you really like what you're hearing, leave me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps me to reach more people and hopefully keep the podcast going. So I really appreciate you all. I hope you have a beautiful week with all your patients and your team members at your hospitals. Um, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. 